This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. This is Jonathan Dunn, host of the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I hope you are having a beautiful Saturday, doing whatever it is you're doing, whether you're working or spending time with family and friends, or just having a bit of fun and resting from the week. I am uh, broadcasting today from New York City, so if you hear uh, noise in the background, um, as is customary with New York, a few taxi horns or a few sirens, please excuse me, I can't uh, block it out. Also, as you can hear, I'm, uh, I've got a bit of a cold. Um, the, I was very underprepared for this trip to New York. Um, the weather is, oh my God, cold. I never thought it was possible to, to leave Ireland and go to a place colder in January than in Ireland. And it is really, really cold. It's kicked my butt all week. I want to spend today's show sharing some thoughts with you about my visit to New York and if you're following me on social media, um, either on Twitter, at Freedom Disciple or on Facebook, uh, at Freedom's Disciple. I've been sharing some thoughts during the course of the week about my visit. Um, I visited the 9-11 memorial um, for the first time. Uh, since it, the building has been completed, I'd been there before, but I'd been to the museum. But I first time been to the grounds and seen the actual uh, new Freedom Tower fully completed. And I have some sh- thoughts I want to share with you about that. I uh, was I visited the beautiful statue, the most gorgeous lady in the world, the Statue of Liberty. And I have some thoughts I want to share about that later in the show as well, because I believe the Statue of Liberty in many ways shows a few lessons for America and the American people today. But I want to start today's show talking about something I don't talk about very often. Um, but I, ha- I feel a need to say this. And it's politics. The last week or two weeks, it feels like a lot longer, I have witnessed a debate around Ted Cruz and whether or not he is constitutionally able to be president. 
I personally think he is. Now we can have a debate around that about the Constitution at any time. But it's be going I find it very tiresome. He's released his mother's birth certificate. He's done everything he can. He's eligible. Harvard professors have come out. Both Liberal and Democrats have come out. And why I find it so frustrating is, of all the issues that you can face in the world today, all the issues facing America and the world, and you're wasting it with this bullcrap, and I don't use that word very often or very lightly, but it's starting to get tedious and frustrating for me as I watch the country I love disintegrate before its very eye, my very eyes and also talking about crap. Which do you think is a bigger issue? Ted Cruz or the debt? Or any other of the issues? The caliphate, ISIS, China, oil prices. We are talking about rubbish. We are talking about crap. The country is changing. The country and tyranny is growing. Tyranny is everywhere. I want to... I try and engage with everyone on social media as much as possible. And I want to start today's show by answering a question I got privately the other day. Just to highlight why I'm frustrated about this whole Ted Cruz issue and many other little issues that are going on in the media. I got asked a question, I think it was about three, four days ago. Someone sent me a, a private message and said, hey, I'd love to ask you a question, do you mind? I said, no, ask me anything, publicly or privately, I'll answer, I'll engage. You might not like what I have to say, but I'll always answer. What do you think is the biggest issue facing America or the world today and if you can answer both and I thought about it for a while I thought about it and go because my heart it's easy to just come up with it and because it was such a deep question it wasn't just a a simple question you know about debt or just something simple it was a pretty serious question so I sent them a message back saying can give me a bit of time to think about it I want to want to give you a, a good answer a constructive answer so I, I thought about it for a few days and I want to share the answer with you today because I think it's critical to talk about. The biggest problem we face today, both America and the world, is that it's impossible to say what the biggest problem is. The reason I say that is, I think I could come to you over a series of shows and say, make a compelling argument that ISIS is the biggest issue of the day. The spread of radical Islamic terrorism. I've done shows on it, I've spoken about it in the past. My last show of the last year was, is terrorism the new normal? Last year Paris had two terrorist attacks. 
We had San Bernardino. I could make that case, and I'm sure many of you could make that case to your friends and to your family. <coughs> Excuse me. I could come to you on another show and say, you know what? The debt is the biggest issue of the day. Well, for America, $19 trillion in debt, over $150 trillion in unfunded liabilities. I could talk to you about debt for the world. I could talk to you about countries been bailed out, the likes of, of Ireland, where I'm from, Portugal, Italy, Greece. I could talk to you about the debt levels throughout Europe. I could talk to you about the debt in Japan, the debt in China. Pretty much every country has a significant debt these days, and yet debt to GDP ratio. It seems no country wants to run a balanced budget. We talk about a 5, 10, 15 years down the road, but no one gets serious. We just assume, yeah, country's going to run a debt just the way it is. I could come to you on another show and say the biggest issue of the day is oil. I, can make, I think I could make a compelling case that, and I think many of you could, with the situation in the Middle East between Saudi Arabia and Iran where they're just nuking a few missiles at each other. And that, with oil prices so low, eventually something's going to break. With Saudi Arabia and Iran playing the game they're playing, it's not out of reach or a stretch to say, I could see a time where the Straits of Hormuz will be closed. And if the Straits of Hormuz close, oil will dry up very quickly. And then you have an energy issue. If you've no oil, people can't travel, the economy could come to a standstill. Let us not forget 2008. I know that's so long ago. What was the final nail in the coffin that ensured a depression? It was the country not being able to survive barrels of oil at $130 a barrel. If the Straits of Hormuz closed today, I know it's great where we see 10, 20, 30 dollar barrels of oil price, but if that straits are closed, prices are going to go through the roof. I could come to you in another show and say, and make a compelling argument, the growing level of tyranny. I've spoken about this in the past. We see tyranny everywhere. I don't care whether it's a governmental tyranny, whether it's I have a pen and I have a phone, or whether it's a Supreme Court tyranny, where nine people in black robes get to decide the fate for 330 million people. Whether it's tyranny abroad through democracy, where it's nothing built out of stone or built on a foundation, it's what's popular today. I can make the case of dictatorships. I can make the growing case of how the UN is getting more and more power with the Agenda 30, 2030, sorry. I could make that case, and I'm sure many of you could as well. I could make another case on another show about immigration. How one of the oldest laws and most respected laws today has no respect or no standing. And that law is state sovereignty. It's just taken for granted that if you want to move and leave to another country, whether that country wants you or not, you have a set of rights. Where if you want to have a border and close your border and secure your border, you're deemed a horrible or a warm or a hater 
are a bigot or you're racist. We're facing many, many issues today. I wanted to share this answer with you today after speaking about Ted Cruz because I look at America and the world today and I, I see things getting really, really bad. I see things. I see trouble on the horizon. And I see us talking and arguing and bickering over small issues. But I want to go one step further as I tend to do. You want to know another issue I could make out to be the biggest and most important issue of the day? The role of my fellow Christians. The Christian purity test. Where we judge everyone by religion. Where Catholic and Protestants hate each other. Where Catholic and Protestants are Catholic and Baptists or Methodists. They just disagree with each other and one's good and one's bad. And don't get me started on the Mormons or the Jews. Because they're totally evil. I could talk to you about my Christian brothers and sisters. They're apathy. They're in action. I remember a time when the Christian church actually used to come together and actively make and try and make the world a better place. Now don't get me wrong, I'm, I know there are good churches out there and I know there are good people doing great work. But as a whole, are we doing enough? Are we serving other people enough? Are we making the arguments? Or are we just going along to get along? Is church today and religion today, is it about serving? Or is it about a roll call saying, I attended this mass and that mass and I was present. I voted present, I was there. These are all the issues of the day. We have a choice. We all have a choice. I spoke to you last week about seeds. What seeds are we planting? How are we getting better? And what seeds are we planting today that not only can we take out of the ground today, but that we have some for a later date? I want to talk to you about your actions. Because the more I see America, and just focus on America right now, not the rest of the world, the more I deal with Americans the actual people, not the politicians. I don't want to ever see them. Not the political parties or the spin and the leeches that hang around the parties. I mean the people. The more I believe one thing, the more I am determined and believe in the bottom of my heart that there isn't a problem today your people can't fix. But it's your people that will fix it, not your politicians and not your president, either this president or any future president. But you won't fix them if you get caught up in small minutia of, well, is Ted Cruz president or should he be, is he eligible? Or all these little small issues that are hanging around. I gotta take a quick break, America. 
I hope you'll stick with me. I'll be right back. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. So, if you've been listening to this show for the last couple of weeks, and um, you'll know I'm currently in states. I'm in New York as we speak, and then I'm on to, to Dallas. I'm I'm having a a few public speaking engagements. Um, I'm in. I was in uh, Tyler on yesterday and Friday. I'm in Palestine, Texas, on Tuesday. And then I have a, another speech on next Thursday in the University of Texas, and I'm really looking forward to it. Any time I get to to speak out about the greatness of your nation and the solutions, I believe, that can help your nation, I'll do it. I'll go anywhere. Um, on the off chance if anyone is ever, I'm always available. Um, if you know anywhere that you'd like me to speak... Um, please send me a private message or a tweet and let me know I'll go anywhere so this week I was in New York City and before I get to what I want to talk to you about with regards the Freedom Tower and a few visits and a few places I saw I want to share a few things with you about New York that kind of shocked me Um, it's very easy to listen to the mainstream media and to the folks around us and actually buy into some of the the hype and the spin that they want you to believe the one thing I was I don't know whether it's my own stupidity or I bought the media spin or I was very curious to see race relations um, going into hotels and bars and being around and seeing the interaction and how I would interact with people and I was surprised, but also it warmed my heart to see that the image the media want to portray isn't the truth on the ground. There has been, I've had many great chats with um, Hispanic, um, black people, black men and women, just lovely people. 
there there wasn't a sense of well you're black I'm white or, or vice versa and it really made my day it made my trip to New York and I think it's important to remember that the media does have a have a bias and wants to sell an agenda so don't always buy into it so on to I arrive in New York and as I said to you in, in, at the start of the show, I'd never been to see the Freedom Tower completed, to see the grounds and to be able to walk around the reflecting pools. So I wasn't sure what to expect and I want to share some thoughts and feelings I had about the day. First thing I would say is don't go alone. Um, I did. Um, it's quite moving. You got. I got the feeling the minute I got close to it. Um, I've been in New York many times, so I kind of know, especially Manhattan, quite well. So as I was walking up to it and getting close to it, a block away, blocking a bit away, you could feel you were approaching somewhere. And the first thing that hit me was... <coughs> As I approached it from the north side, I knew I was walking on sacred ground. I got, you could tell that something happened here. I, I just got this, you get this feeling. And as I got closer and closer, and you saw the Freedom Tower, and you could see the, the, the reflecting pools in the distance, I could feel the pain, the anguish, the suffering, the horror. I could nearly feel them in my soul, the screams of that day, the horror, the pain, the loss. And I tried to imagine the pain suffered by everyone and the events afterwards because I think people, it's easy and understandable to, to, to focus on the actual event, but I try to imagine the firefighters, the police, the first, all the first responders after the towers had collapsed, you know, searching for their friends, their family, their loved ones, you know, as they're among the rubble. I, I try to, to visualize that pain and it just came all gushing towards me, it was, it was incredible. Like, it just yeah, words can't put into can't tell the emotions I, I felt but as I was, I'm walking around and I want to say before I make this point I do understand the need that you know society has to get back to quote unquote normal but as I'm walking on ground zero I'm walking around getting closer and closer to the to the reflecting pools and then onto the museum one thing really struck me was the amount of people just laughing joking carrying on with their normal lives listening to music, talking on their cell phones um, <clears throat> it was weird it, it's, it was a weird feeling because for me that's a graveyard it, it is sacred ground and for me to see people, and it wasn't tourists, it was New Yorkers, because 
New York accents kind of stick out. Um, I know there's a subway nearby, and I, I get all that, but I just I don't think I could walk through or around 9/11 on that ground and be laughing and joking and holding hands with someone and uh, and just been normal. I think there should be a bit of respect involved. The one thing I, I will say is from a, the building itself, I think it's very easy to be critical of, and I've spoken out many times in the past, of how long it actually took. You know, it's it happened in 2001, it's now 2016, it's 14 years later, and it's still not fully, the site still isn't finished. And I was speaking to someone and I, the new deadline to be finished totally on the site is 2020. Uh, for me and the technology advancements that we've had for the situation, you know, to have a site 20 years is just far too long. But that aside, I, I think, <clears throat> this is just my opinion, I wasn't delving deep into things. I, I think we sh I want to tip my cap to the people involved. I think they have done justice to a horrific event. I think the, the reflecting pools is is beautiful. The the water, the imagery. You could, I just got lost there. On the reflecting pools, I want to say it's <clears throat> it's easy to think two thousand seven hundred and fifty people, three people died. Then it's the biggest terrorist attack on home soil, and it was a horrific day, and that we'll never forget it. But as you're walking the reflecting pools, I don't know if anyone else felt this. The one thing I really got was 2,753. The number doesn't do it justice. I, as I was standing at the reflecting pools, watching just the water flow, I was rubbing the, I don't know whether it was copper or iron or brass. It's not my area of spe uh, speciality, but where all the names are carved out. As I was carving a name, as I was rubbing each name, I was praying for that family and all the victims. And the one thing that I was trying to imagine was how many lives were affected by just that one person dying. You know, the family, the immediate family, the friends, the brothers, the sisters, the mothers, the fathers, the kids, community, the church, the place of work. I'm just trying to it just it's it's just huge. And I don't think when you just say two thousand seven hundred and fifty three people died that day, I think many died inside a bit. And I think that pain is I think that pain will never go away and I think it's something we need to respect. I also think the tower is beautiful. The tower is stunning. It's tall, it's proud, it's a beautiful design. And it stands out. It's it's like that beacon of hope for the rest for Manhattan. It's beautiful. And it was really moving. And then I get onto the museum. The museum is a really, really 
great job. As I'm walking through the museum, I'm, I'm seeing all the artifacts. And it just, it hits you. It's... I don't think anything you can go through will truly get the pain that was suffered that day and the horror. I think the museum did a fantastic job. All the displays, the history, there's great video content in there. It's not just a you know, a museum you can spend a half an hour or an hour in, it's three, four, five hours and it is intense. But as I'm walking around there, I did not know there was a miracle on 9-11. There's a story I want to share with you in a minute that maybe this is just my not paying attention or not reading the right places, but there was a miracle on 9-11. And I don't think it gets the recognition or the the storytelling that I think it deserves. i got to take a quick break, America. I hope you'll stick with me, because I want to tell you the miracle of 9-11. Freedom's Disciple, with Jonathan Dunn, on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. Al Jazeera America shutting down. The company had an all-hands meeting. Rarely good when they go, okay, everybody, mandatory meeting, everybody. And we're in the conference room, 2 o'clock. Yeah, we, we, we've gotten a few of those messages before, Doc. One of their hosts was tweeting, there are executives here in tears. It's doom and gloom. Not just doom. And gloom. Doom and gloom. The morning blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. So, I'm on 9-11. I'm in the museum. It's weird because maybe maybe you know this story or maybe I just haven't seen it. But as I'm walking into the museum and you, you walk down get through security and you start your on the tour you see this big huge wall and it's impossible to to miss and it's got little what look like bolts sticking out of it every maybe I don't know six feet across by six feet and it's stained and it's tarred and you don't really I, I, I didn't know the story so again excuse my ignorance if you already know it but you go into the first hall right at the start of the tour and it's Foundation Hall. And as you're I'm there looking around and seeing all the artifacts and then I come across this this uh banner telling you giving you information as I'm reading it and I learn about the mir- a miracle of nine eleven. And the miracle of nine eleven was the slurry wall. Because 
when before they were building the original Twin Towers back in the in the 60s before they could build anything what they had to do was build this big slurry wall to protect the foundations because of where it is it's surrounded you know very closely by water so that if floods came or anything they had to build this big solid concrete slurry wall to ensure the foundations were on solid ground and that they couldn't get flooded well I got speaking to one of the the folks at the at the museum who were around just answering questions for you and I spoke to this lovely lady she informed me all about this miracle and she said it's incredible it's incredible because as devastating and horrific the day 9-11 really was it could have been so much worse that if that slurry wall which was built in the 60s had collapsed it would have flooded and the disaster for helping survivors for people getting in and out and for people around lower Manhattan it would have been a lot lot worse the damage would have been a lot worse the situation would have been a lot worse and there probably would have been a lot more casualties I don't know about you I just found that fascinating that it's a story a positive story and we don't hear about it I think it's a miracle especially when you consider it was built in the 1960s old things are built to last I want to I have some questions for you because I had met, I was very conflicted during the end of the tour and as I was leaving loads of questions as I was starting to process all the feelings and the emotions of the day the last thing I did when I was finished the museum tour was I went to the gift shop now I'm a free market capitalist I believe totally in the free market I don't believe in regulations and legislation but I got a very bad feeling about the gift shop it made me feel awkward and weird now full disclosure I bought a, a couple of bracelets years ago um, and I still have one, one snapped you know those rubber bracelets that are cheap are tacky, you wear them on your wrist and like it has a message you know you support autism you support the Yankees they all have different messages on mine is 9-11 memorial um, never forget hope or united by hope and I, I like those type of bracelets I wear them all the time I wear them for different charities it's a way of supporting them so I have no problem with a gift shop per se you know putting 9-11 on it and raising funds however this gift shop was incredible they had 9-11 painted on everything I mean everything you could buy bracelets both the rubber ones you could buy a more expensive metal one there was hoodies there was t-shirts there was ties there was flags there was key rings there was cups there was plates there was pens there was key rings you name it an item that you had it had a logo on it and it was sold 
and I went in there to buy something, just to put on some funds to to help the victims, to help the organisation, because I do think the museum is fantastic. But as I was walking around and and seeing just everything, my gut just said no, and it felt wrong to buy it just to endorse this. Like I don't mind a gift shop if it's small and. It, I don't know if you feel this way or maybe it's just me. It just felt you're profiting off the dead. It kind of took away from the overall experience. It it raised just very young things that I think it made me feel bad. I thought it was a bit in a bad taste that you were literally lowering everything. That's the first question. Love to hear your thoughts on that. If you agree with me or disagree with me, or if you've been and you you support it, I I just love to hear your thoughts on it. But the second question I want to ask you, and it's a series of questions. I kept seeing, in hearing in interviews and seeing it in quotes, seeing it in different places and. You know, 9-11, never forget. 9-11, never forget. Always there, always in our history. And as I was processing everything and also processing the world we live in today and just coming up with different questions, I found myself asking a question that I could not get the answer to, to what society wants. My question today to you is what are we been told not to forget? It's easy to say 9-11, never forget. But what are we told? What, are, what should we not forget about that day? Do we share the stories about 9-11, both good and bad? <clears throat> Do we show the footage, the horrific footage, that is pure evil? to our kids and our grandkids to people who were alive and young those days you know people like who are your college students today your 18 and 19 year olds do we show them of what actually happened or do we hide them away do we share the stories of bravery of folks that day the first responders do we share and honour the firefighters who, after seeing what happened, ran into those buildings and ran up those stairs to help their brothers and sisters? Do we share the stories of the police, all the emergency personnel who were involved that day? Do we honour those who are no longer with us? Do we share the stories of the first responders who, after the buildings collapsed, had to go in and sort among so much rubble, so much dirt, so much debris, looking for their fellow brothers and sisters to be alive and to go help them? Do we share the stories about how they worked their fingers to the bone? How it wasn't just you know, a normal 8-hour shift that we might do in work or a 9-hour shift or whatever you do. Some people work 20, 30, 40 hours in a row. No sleep. Do we thank them today? 
Do we share the stories of the people who worked in the emergency room? Who dealt with everyone who had everything from, I don't know, the smallest thing to from a cut or a little fracture to a serious thing of the smoke inhalation. I'm sorry, I'm not a medical guy, but all the issues they must have dealt with that day. Do we share the stories about how 9-11 was really one of the worst days in your history, but 9-12 was also one of the best days? About where America united? How you helped each other? You were American. You weren't a Democrat or a Republican or a Conservative or a Liberal. It didn't matter who you voted for in the last election. It didn't matter what age you were, what race you were, what your education status was. What mattered was you were an American. You're my brother. You're my sister. I'm going to help you. Do we share the stories about how people just huddled together at different places and sang hymns and lit candles and just comfort each other? Do we share the stories of how we really never know how life will play out and how we really shouldn't take anything for granted? How what's important in life? How when you leave your loved ones, whether it's even something simple to go down to the local convenience store to get a bottle of milk, you never know if you'll see them again or not. Do we share what's really important? Principles, family, love, seeing your fellow human as a human. Or are we teaching people what's important in money, in possessions, in accruing wealth? Do we share the principles that are actually important in life? Love, honor, or is it all about just get ahead. It's all about personal interest, personal gain. Do whatever you gotta do. Do we share the stories and the principles of what it's like to truly sacrifice everything for your fellow man? Do we discuss what happened that day and let that be a center point of real evil? And ensuring not only America, but that other innocent people in countries don't suffer that pain again. 9-11 shook the world. One thing that really stuck with me yesterday as I was in the museum was, there's a section of it where they have different videos and one of the videos is on, they're all on loops. And the response of countries towards America after 9-11 where the Queen at the changing of, of the guard played the American National Anthem where people at a moment, they were doing moment silences in the middle of the street in airports and everyone just stopped yet last year alone Paris suffered two major attacks and what did we do? how did we respond? These are some of the questions that I was thinking yesterday. I'd love to 
hear what you think. What does never again or never forget mean? And lastly, and this is arguably maybe one of the tougher questions. When you think of 9-11, it shook the world. It was out of nowhere. We now live in a world where you have terrorist attacks, it seems, on a regular basis. As I just said, Paris had two last year. Where we don't even call the enemy by its enemy anymore, by its name anymore. You're not allowed to use the word terrorism. And I ask you to think back to that day and now think of today and think, is that the kind of progress we want in the world? Is that the kind of progress we want as people? Is that the kind of progress that we're trying to get better at? Where we're weaker, we don't share the stories, we hide our kids and our grandkids. Where we've become weak. Or is it time to say, there's a new path. It's time to call this enemy by its name, deal with it appropriately, tell the stories of the past, because telling the stories of the past ensure future generations don't make the same mistakes we did. These are just some of the questions I felt after I left 9-11 and some of the emotions. I'd love to know if you've been there. If you've been there since it's completed, let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your opinions on this. i got to take one more quick break, America. I hope you'll stick with me. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. Hey, last night we all returned to that day when someone read us a fairy tale bedtime story. It had monsters, conservatives, a utopian kingdom, socialism, a princess, Hillary, (laughs) and a conquering hero, Obama. Problem is, he couldn't promise a happy ending because the ugly princess is maybe going to lose. She could turn out to be the frog. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope today's show has made you think. I hope today's show has made you question yourself and how you want to proceed. We do face many challenges. I want to finish up today's show. I've kind of ran over time um, talking about 9-11 and I wanted to share more thoughts with you about the Statue of Liberty. Um, I visited the Statue of Liberty with the Blaze this week and recorded some audio for them. I'm sure you've seen the the video, it's out on YouTube. But I want to finish up today's show by talking to you about one of the lessons you can learn from the Statue of Liberty. There are many lessons you can learn through the light, the history and connection with France, its founding, 
the message it sent to immigrants when they traveled weeks upon weeks on a boat to achieve and to get to America. I could talk to you all day about the American dream compared to the dream of other nations, which they don't exist. There isn't a French dream or a Russian dream or an Irish dream. There is an American dream. But the world we live in today, the world we live in today is as divided as I have ever seen America. And you're not only divided among political lines or divided by who you vote for, you're divided into subsections. Today I want to share a lesson with you from not the Statue of Liberty, but what's written underneath it. The poem Emma Lazarus wrote, where she said, Give me your tired, your weak, and your huddled masses. That was America mocking the rest of the world. Because America knew something that the rest of the world either didn't know or didn't want to know. America knew that man is meant to be free. And that the only limit you have in life is the one you set yourself. While Europe was divided on many different levels. Through class systems, through families, through religion. America was saying, all those people that you say can't make it, bring them over here to America. Give me your tired, your weak and your huddled masses yearning to be free. Free from a class system. Free from oppression. And give them opportunity. And let's see what they achieve. And those results have been outstanding. Look at the country you have become. Look at the, you're the leader and have led in many innovations, many changes to the rest of the world. But I want to bring that message to today. I'm not going to talk to you about the tired, the weak and the huddled masses. I'm going to say to you, don't follow the footsteps of Europe. Places where I come from, where you have a class system. Don't come from a place where you're divided on race. Don't be divided on whether you've gone to college or not. Don't be divided on what your family name is. Don't be divided on who you voted for in the last election or what political ideology you belong to at the minute. Whether you're liberal or democrat or republican or conservative or conservatarian is the new one. Whether you're constitutionalist. Don't divide yourself into these little groups. America was founded, the Declaration of Independence, all men are created equal. Follow your own history. Believe in the individual. There are folks out there and leeches on society who profit, either through financial or power, who want you to be divided, who want you at each other's throat, who want you to bring down other people. Don't let them. The message under the Statue of Liberty of Emma Lazarus is relevant today. Don't let them divide you. Instead, be like you were on 9-12. Where you didn't see party lines or race or colour or any or age or education. You were an American. You were an American first and foremost.
seedy individual. Sure, we can all disagree on different things, but never, ever forget they're your brother and sister. They're your American brother and sister. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to see the world entirely different. But when it comes to it, we might disagree and we might bicker. But we're all, you're all Americans. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. That is a message I think that needs to be shared everywhere today. Hate is the easiest thing you will ever do. Hate can destroy you. Hate can bring you down. But here's the thing. If you go into a dark room or go into a room with hate, what happens if you bring more hate and more darkness? Well, it just gets darker and darker. However, you go into a dark room and even if you just have the smallest match and just that flicker you start seeing a bit of light you start seeing that flash of breaking the darkness you can change things the only solution to darkness is light the only solution to hate is love I hope you think about this and reflect on it and act accordingly because I'm here to tell you you might think I'm full of baloney you might not believe me you might disagree with me you might think I'm just saying it because it sounds good there is nothing I believe more with regards to man and America than this there is not one problem today that your nation faces your people cannot fix and I can say that because of your history because every time I see your people I'm encouraged I'm not encouraged by what goes on in DC or by who's in the White House I'm encouraged by your people when I see normal everyday average people doing extraordinary things changing the world in whatever way they can some will focus on elections and get the the honourable and the righteous elected, perfect. Others will help the homeless. Others will work to cure cancer. Others will try and spread the light. Coming together and all focusing on our own different talents and our own paths, that's what will help fix your country. And having the same destination at the end of the day. Freedom. Respect for the individual love for each other acknowledging God and start talking about eternal principles hewn out of stone build that foundation on stone not sand thank you so much for being with me this week America as always I finish up today's show by saluting who I deem the real heroes of society I salute and I tip my cap as we remember 9-11 and all the victims of that day their families, their friends, their communities, their places of worship their places of employment I salute the heroes the firefighters, the emergency personnel your police, your first responders and of course your vets 
we live in a society where people think heroes are people with numbers on the back of their jerseys. I disagree. I think people who serve are the real heroes. And I salute you, the great American people. You are what makes America great. Never forget that. God bless each of you. And God bless America, the greatest country on God's green earth. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.